body, spirit. The martial arts are a way of life. Attack Life, Not Others is an insight into that life with Tim Hoover and Steve Mittman. Whether you're a martial artist or not, you can relate to the word fear. Self-defense is fear-driven. What happens if somebody attacks me from the back, from the front, knocks me down, comes at me with a knife or a gun? The other part of my life is having a detective agency, dealing with hostile terminations, dealing with extreme situations, and not two weeks later, three weeks later, but basically on call, you go. And you get into a situation where it's extreme. You're dealing with fear. And so fear is something that I look at every day. I have fear. I think it's a, a buildup of anxiety that can, it can turn into fear, and then fear can choke you like a bunch of weeds in a garden. Well, Dr. Jared Spencer, as you know, he's been on before, he says anxiety is fear of the unknown. So that's anxiety. But if you have fear, fear is uh, using your past experiences and knowledge you have on something because you predicted that, well, if that's happened before, this could possibly happen. Sure. Getting attacked, you might never have been attacked, but you see it out there in the news and you see what could happen. So therefore, you might start martial arts, start self-defense training. But the truth of it is, and I say this a lot, the percentage of people getting attacked is low. Right. But even though, you know, you could be that 1%, 2%, 5%, the good thing is, is that after several years of training, maybe the one thing that could have attacked them was their heart. Right. And now they're in much better shape and they have a better, a better perception of life because they're stepping into their, their fear zone and they're dealing with it. I don't think this is any different. I think this hype is just overwhelming. And I think that if it's not this, it's going to be something else. Well, I think, first of all, this episode, you know, as all podcasts do, they live on forever. So if you're listening to this six months, a year from now, we should explain that the week this episode's coming out is right smack dab in the middle of this whole coronavirus epidemic, if you want to call it that. That's what media outlets are calling, but I'm not so sure it's an epidemic. If you look up the definition of an epidemic, and that's what we're getting at here, is this something to be fearful of or not? And listen, you and I, we're going to get berated and people are going to say, well, who are they? They're not doctors. They have no medical background, but we can talk on our experience. One time somebody said to me, you know, why are you so passionate about defending yourself and self-preservation, self-protection? And I just looked at them and I didn't even feel the need to defend that. That's a ridiculous statement. I'll be honest, as most martial artists do, they start off. I started training because I was being picked on and bullied. I was afraid of being beat up and that sort of thing. But as you say all the time, I mean, it transcended into so much more than that. Sure Self-defense is just a byproduct. That's a secondary benefit. I'm obsessed and passionate about training still because, well, the cardiovascular health, the conditioning, strengthening, the flexibility, discipline, awareness, it goes on and on and on. And oh, by the way, you have the side benefit of being able to defend yourself, but you no longer are paranoid about having to defend yourself. It's not on your mind at all times. Right, right. But I mean, you take in course of action. I mean, the idea is if you're scared and fearful and if a, a parent has a child that's dealing with bullying or maybe a self-confidence issue, you look at your resources and you make a judgment call and you say, I'm going to roll in a martial arts class uh, to learn you know, what to do, to have the awareness and to make an educated, smart move so you can move forward. But a lot of things here that I'm not talking about might be dated for now, but they're really not. Because as I said before, what's next? If it's not this, what's the next thing? Right. A long time ago, I said, you know, we can't 
afford to just pick up the phone and call 911 and expect that there's always going to be some kind of attention coming to us. Those days are over. You know, we got to look at just in my short period of life on this earth from Y2K, for those of you who remember, um, jumping forward, the bird flu and all the different things, Iran, um, swine the wars, flu, the swine Ebola, flu. SARS, yes, every, every, it just goes on and on and on. It does. And the fear that we have in our minds about what's next. I mentioned in episodes ago about a waitress that I was speaking to that refuses to have children. She's afraid to bring them into this world. That's not the kind of attitude we need. We are relational people. We are people who combat these things. Um, having Len on last week talked about adversity. I mean, my God, everything is adverse. I went up to the dojo the other night and I said to my class, it just came out at me. I said, I came up here. This world is so odd just to make it even. I train to make it even. I have my method. I have my rhythm. I hate to call the maintenance program, but I go back to faith, family, and friends. I need my faith. If I don't have faith, I have nothing. I can't combat it. I, then I will recoil into fear. The only thing that beats fear is courage, and courage comes from faith. Then I need my family and I need my friends. The worst thing I'm looking at here, the thing that worries me more than anything else, is social recoiling. You know what else you need? We all need, I'm taking a different spin here, toilet paper. We all need toilet paper. I'm being facetious here, but you know, that's a problem. It really is. It sounds funny as heck, but when stores all around the nation are running out of toilet paper, that's a problem. Then I would say, yes, it has become an epidemic. Yeah, it's a greed need. Um, just like when they call for a blizzard and everybody goes, you get six inches of snow, but the grocery stores are now wiped out. Everybody is going to all pull for themselves. And that's, that's what it is. I mean, we're human. That's what we do. We have to be smart about our regular, the way we approach life in general. As I said before, it all starts at the grocery store. Let's first of all, let's think about this. Be healthy. Make some healthy choices. Strengthen your body. And not just for yourself, but strengthen your body so that you are here for others. We need to you know, wrap around each other and care for each other, not to recoil out of fear and move away from each other. That's the biggest mistake we can make. Um, wash your hands. Do the things that are smart to do. I believe in a couple of weeks, this thing, all this rush and, and push is going to be over. I really do. I do. And the number one way to combat fear is to educate yourself on what the possibilities could be. And I'm not even talking about the coronavirus, anything. Educate yourself on the possible outcomes and the possibilities of what could occur. And then when you have all the facts in front of you, then you make decisions based on that. As simple as it is, that's why it's so laughable. Wash your hands. Don't stick your hands in your mouth and your eyes. Keep your hands clean. Absolutely. It's that simple. It really is. It really is. And there's people online say, oh, I wish it were that simple. And I have kids that have this and I have elderly parents that have this. Well, you know what? There's other things out there besides the coronavirus that you should always be washing your hands and just using common sense. I know. I mean, I go back to a statement I made to the kids a long time ago, and then I just want to generalize this, and then we'll get out of everybody's face here. One thing I can remember, I was in fourth grade, and I go back to this story because it's probably one of the reasons why I started the martial arts. I had an issue with, I was distracted a lot. Um, at that time, I don't think they uh, called it anything, just I was just, you know, hyper and I distracted. Anyway, there's a good teacher uh, that she was. I was taking a test. She pulled me aside. She didn't embarrass me. She pulled me aside at the end of the test, and she said, come over here. I want to tell you something. She says, I was watching you take that test. And she said, did you know how many times you distracted yourself, looked up, scratched yourself, grabbed your eye, scratched your hair? 
She said, I was watching the other kids, and you did it three to four times more than the rest of the kids in the room. And I, I remember this like it was yesterday. Hmm. I said, what do you mean? She said, you just, you've got to get more control of your thoughts and your fingers and where everything is. Keep calm and focus on what matters. So a couple years ago, when I used to teach the kids class, I had 20 kids lined up, 25 kids lined up. And when I'm talking kids, 9, 10, 11-year-old kids, they were going back to school. It was in September, October. I said, the thing that's going to get you before you ever get into a self-defense situation is the cold or flu. I said, do me a favor. Try to stand still for a second. Keep your fingers where they belong, down to your sides. Don't touch your face, your eyes, your nose. They couldn't. 10 seconds, 15, 20. And we did this drill for the whole class. It was very wise to understand in the martial arts world what ready position is. What is ready position to you? You're prepared. You're calm. You're yeah, relaxed. You're prepared. They're down. They're down. By your side. You're correct. And are you twitching? Are you itching? Are you scratching? Are you moving? No. You, you have a sense of control of where your hands are. You know, hands are a beautiful thing. We talked about it before. Where they're used to pray. Our palms are used to shake hands. We can curl them up and make a fist. We can point at people, tell them where to go. We can draw them into us. The bottom line is our hands are useful, but they get us into trouble a lot as well. And that is the biggest advice that I can get out of this for you and for me as well. Take control of yourself, your thoughts, your emotions, where your fingers are going, what you're doing with yourself. Make educated choices. But in general, Steve, in general, and I'm going to ask you this question. How do you deal with fear? Because this will be gone one day. Something else is going to be in your lap. Something else. How do you deal with fear? Going back to what I said, I educate myself on the possibilities. I find out the facts and, and then I take precautions. I do what is necessary. It's no different than I put my seatbelt on every single day when I hop in the car. The possibility of getting in an accident, it always exists, but I do what I have to do. And then beyond that, you throw it out of your mind that at that point, you don't worry about it anymore. Yeah. We, uh, you're you, hopping on a plane. Yeah. You do what you got to do. And then, and then you don't worry about it. Then you toss it up in the hands of God. It is what it is. Sure it is. Once you've taken the steps. Now, if you're not taking those steps, that is a different story. Right things within your control, you do what you can, and then you move on. Yeah, you do. And one more thing, too, is uh, we always talk about this, whether you're talking about sticking on a diet, you're talking about getting in shape. You are the sum total of the five people you surround yourself with most. Mm. Now, it might not be people. It might be <laughs> I work for a media outlet. I work for the news, but yeah. you know what? They're part of it. Unfortunately, I'm part of that machine. And it is what it is. They're not going to be left out because if they don't report on it, well, they'll be the only ones not reporting on it. So it's a case of the tail wagging the dog. It's clearly society. It's like when you drive by an accident, you almost can't help but look at what the accident is. And that's what slows everything down. Yeah, rubbernecking. Well, this yeah. whole coronavirus, you're flipping through the channels, driving by all the channels, and you're going to stop at the one that has the most sensational news on the coronavirus. Even though you might be complaining about it, you're going to absorb that. That, for that night, you're watching the 10 o'clock news, the 6 o'clock news. That's your friend. That's who you're with. That's who you're spending time with. Sure. So that's being absorbed into your mind, and then you perpetuate that. Well, yeah. And, you know, as we take in the stuff, this information, and some of it negative and some of it blown out of proportion, as we do that and as you recoil, think about this. It's not just going to affect you. It's going to affect all of us. It's a global world economy. Everything affects everything. You know, they say years ago, 
the butterfly wings in China can create a hurricane over here. Mm -hmm. And so everything matters. I'll end it with this, Steve, unless you have something else. But I remember when we got hit with 9-11, I was upset. Again, this world is so strange, so odd. What could I do in my mind to make it even? You know, I always think about that. Somebody is in my face. If some chaos is in my head, how can I make it even, you know, in a smart way? And so as soon as the markets opened back up, never bought stock in my life. I called my buddy who deals with that stuff. I said, I'm just going to come out. I have a lot of money. I got $5,000. And I said, uh, it was a lot of money for me. But I said, I don't care what you do with it, but I'm going to open the market with five grand. I'm going to give it to you. Tell me what to do. And it was a statement. It was just a statement that I was not going to recoil and run away because of 9-11. We needed to build our market back up, build this country back up. And we did. And we will. Don't let fear strangle you. Whatever comes to us tomorrow, just take a look at it and deal with it, you know, and be strong. Again, we're not medical professionals. We're not doctors. And we're talking about the coronavirus, but we're also talking about fear in general. How do you face your fears? What have you done in the past? Yeah, we're fear-driven people, Steve, you know? And that's not a bad thing. That's what's kept us alive all these years. Mm -hmm. It's intrinsic in us, and that can be good, but there's healthy fear and there's not healthy fear. Just like we've talked about pain, there's good pain, bad pain. So know the difference between good fear and bad fear. Yep, just again, we're just regular people. So anything you got, anything you can send our way about how you deal with it, we'd appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Attack Life, Not Others. Subscribe to our podcast. And for more on our way of life through the martial arts, go to hoovercarate.com. This has been a Steve Mittman Social Media creation. Creation, creation. Steve Mittman Social Media.com. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com.